Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. If it isn't, a Money's Crazy Mind audio dump. Been a while since I've done one of these. I know, I know. It's been one of those things, man. It has been a crazy few weeks for me here. Ecto Soul is still down for the count, uh, but she's going to be making a comeback. I've decided that she's got to make a comeback. Um, You know, just had to take a couple of days to try to uh, collect my thoughts, get myself back to where I needed to be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's just been, you know, like, like one of the weirdest weeks I've ever been to, but welcome in, welcome into the asylum. This is a money's crazy mind post show audio dump that sucked. Let's try that again. This is a Money's Crazy Mind post-show audio dump. There we go. That's a little bit better. All right. So we uh, just wrapped up our conversation on Aleister Crowley, the man considered to be the godfather of the occult. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, it pretty much just means he's one of the first guys to ever really look into it. And it was kind of crazy because... While I was doing that episode, I kind of made a crazy discovery. And that discovery was that there was a little bit of a similarity between one of the people that were responsible for bringing about some of the teachings that uh, that Crowley was doing. And a character in the Ghostbusters universe that was responsible for bringing about the fir- the coming of Gozer. So I kind of wanted to uh, just give a little bit of uh, the fictional history of the character of Evo Shandor, the man responsible for bringing gozer into the ghostbusters world so kind of similar to uh alistair crowley here and let me if you guys listened to the episode before you listen to this 
uh, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about where I'm, I'm mentioning some of the similarities. Um, but you'll you'll pick up on a couple of things here. So, uh, Evo Shando was born in 1885. Shando was a doctor by trade and was noted for performing a lot of unnecessary surgeries in his practice. After World War I, Shandor concluded that society was too sick to survive and founded a cult dedicated to the god known as Gozer. The Shandor Mining Company was founded in 1927 and the town of Somerville, Oklahoma followed in 1928. Every building in town was built by Shandor and his followers, including the mine, the Somerville Foundry the school, and the library. The whole town was essentially one big mining operation. His name was placed on everything. In secret, Shandor had also built a temple dedicated to Gozer within the town's Selenium Mind, or mine. The temple was inscribed with the years in which Gozer would return and contained a sacrificial pit. Uh, which would also serve as the interdimensional gateway in which Gozer could return. All the selenium bored out of the mine was smelted into cold, riveted selenium girders, then sent from Somerville to New York City. He was also the architect of 550 Central Park West in New York, using unusual materials such as the cold, riveted girders with cores of pure selenium, magnesium tungsten alloys, and gold-plated bolts. Shandor designed the building in a fashion exactly like the telemetry trackers NASA uses to identify dead pulsars in deep space. He made the structure to conduct uh, to conduct rituals within a secret society. The rituals were designed to bring about the end of the world and a way for Gozer to enter this dimension. On May 20th, 1945, the mining operation was forced to shut down after the Shandor Mining Company's miners committed mass suicide by leaping down the mine shaft to their death. The incident was named the Shandorian Curse. Evil Shandor passed away at some point in 1945. By that time, Shandor had amassed close to a thousand followers. His body was interred within the temple he built in Somerville. His body would remain perfectly preserved within its glass sarcophagus. In June 2021, Phoebe Spangler, Trevor Spangler podcast, and Lucky Domingo investigated the mine. Podcast was the first to notice Shandor's glass sarcophagi. When Gozer attempted to return through the temple, Shandor woke up temporarily. He turned his head to Poncast, who naturally freaked out. After Gozer was returned to its dimension by the containment device constructed by Dr. Egon Spangler, Shandor's body returned to its death state. Following the completion of the ritual later that day by Zool and Vince Clortho to summon Gozer, Shandor awoke fully, his sarcophagus destroyed by a passing specter. He formally greeted Gozer as it emerged from its sacrificial pit, stating that he, he had built the temple for it and expressing the desire to rule the world alongside it. Gozer responded by ripping Shandor in half by his head, 
killing him permanently. So that's the official canon version of uh, Evo Shandor, the person responsible for bringing Gozer into the uh, world of the Ghostbusters. So just a little bit of trivia here about the character. In the film, he is said to have designed the high-rise building at 550 Central Park West as a giant altar to the Sumerian god Gozer. The entire premise is fictional. In reality, the building at this address was designed by architect Schwartz and Gross for contractor Edgar Levy, Levi. In Dan Eckward's original 1983 script for the movie, Shandor was the name of the Ghostbusters' interdimensional employer. The original premise for the Ghostbusters movie, Gozer was originally conceived as taking the form of Evo Shandor. Shandor was to be played by Paul Rubens and described as a kindly-looking man in a nondescript suit and tie. This may have been influenced by the stylized version of the game, where Shandor appears to be similar to what Rubens might have looked like in the 70s. The concept was also briefly considered for the design of a dullness in the IDW ongoing Ghostbusters comic book. Evo Shandor was intentionally envisioned as a cross between an eccentric inventor and engineer Nikolai Tesla and influential American architect Louis Sullivan. According to the August 5th, 1983 draft of the film's first script, 550 Central Park West was the only building he built in New York. It was finished in 1923, and Shandor lived in the penthouse. Uh, according to that same draft of the script, in the prison cell scene, Egon recounts how Evo Shandor was a deranged surgeon, architect, and Gozer worshiper executed by electrocution at Sing Sing on October 20th, 1929. After being arrested in May 1928, uh, after he attempted the adoption of a teenage girl, led police to his penthouse apartment, furnished impeccably, if not tastefully, with stacks of human bones. So some of that, as you read there, um, sounds somewhat familiar. Uh, the furnished impeccably, if not tastefully, stacked with human bones is very similar to uh, real-life serial killer Ed Gein. Um, if you go back and listen to last week's episode about Hollywood baddies inspired by real baddies, you'll hear all about Mr. Ed Gein. Um, but in that August 5th, 1983 draft, the prison scene uh, where Egon recounts Evo was a deranged surgeon architect and Gozer worshiper executed by execution at Sing Sing, the deranged surgeon is very familiar to the person whom helped Evo Shandor, or not Evo Shandor, uh, Alistair Crowley. So, you know, like I said, I just kind of wanted to, to bring a little bit of this up. Um, you know, and here's the quote from the movie. Uh, the, the architect's name was Evo Shandor. I found it in Tobin's Spirit Guide. He was also a doctor, performed a lot of unnecessary surgery, 
And then in 1920, he started a secret society. Uh, Peter interrupts Egon here and says, let me guess. Gozer worshippers. Right. After the First World War, Shano decide, decided the society was too sick to survive. And he wasn't alone. He had close to a thousand followers when he died. They conducted rituals up on the roof. Bizarre rituals intended to bring about the end of the world. And now it looks like it may actually happen. So it's kind of interesting that they in, included that here on this Ghostbusters wiki page. Uh, because it kind of shows how serious Egon is about Gozer even before their first encounter, actual encounter with Gozer up on the roof. And I find it a little interesting, mainly because, you know, everybody says that that Egon went crazy and, you know, so on and so forth before he took off to Somerville, Oklahoma to, you know, keep his eye on the Shandorian mind. I keep saying mind, but it's mine. And, you know, I, I, to me right there, I mean, you can kind of tell how serious Egon is about how much of a threat this could be to the natural world. And then this is from the Ghostbusters video game, the realistic version. So the 360 PlayStation 3 versions. I am the destructor. I am the architect. I pave over your fields to start anew. I will fill your seas with concrete and stone. I will pierce your world with girders of steel and panes of glass. I will crush your world under the weight of my cities. I will smother your creation under my own. And that's a quote from Evo Shandor himself. <clears throat> so what I find very interesting about this uh this character is you kind of get a look into how real life people and real life events can inspire some of the craziest characters that have ever existed in any kind of popular medium be it books comic books movies music whatever i mean you know ozzy wrote the song mr crowley uh you know led zeppelin uh quoted him uh and inscribed something of his into one of their album covers you know so there, there's all kinds of just throwbacks to stuff like that the one thing that i found very interesting about this whole story about Evo or not. God damn it. Now I'm going to say Evo Shandor. Well, you know what? Let, let's stick with Evo for a minute here. Dan Aykroyd's family, and we talked about this last year during Halloween. You can go back and find all those episodes on the archive. Um, is involved in the occult. If anybody has any of the Blu-ray versions of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. There is a interview with Dan on there where he talks about his grandfather and great-great-grandfather um how they performed séances and and did crazy um experiments with ectoplasmic residue and uh things like that. 
And he even wrote a book about his family's involvement with the occult and with, um, you know, performing seances and, and things of those natures. Uh, so it's not, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Dan over his time growing up with his family, the way that they are, would have heard about a crazy some bitch like Alistair Crowley and might have used some of that information that he had because of his family to create the character of Evo Shandor or use some of the stories about his some of his disciples you know to to add in to some of the craziness about Evo Shandor but i just found that really interesting so um, you know, we're, we're at about 16 minutes here with, uh, this particular audio dump. So let's call it a week. Everybody we'll be back Thursday night on redline radio, LLC.com where I'll be spinning some of my favorite hits last week. We did Sam Haynes playlist where we played a bunch of horror theme songs or songs featured in horror movies. So this week. We'll just get back to having some fun with some music, man. I think that sounds like a great idea. But until then, everybody, uh, and then next Friday night, next Friday night on Money's Crazy Mind, let me talk about that real quick. Episode uh, 84, I believe. Yep, episode 84. Uh, I will be live from the grand reopening of Tattoo Therapy, Inc., And I will be getting tattooed live on the air, and I will also be talking with the owner of Tattoo Therapy, Inc. Myself, Lex Vegas, will be there. Or I should say myself and Lex Vegas will be there. Timbuktu on the ones and twos next week for me, since I'll be sitting in a tattoo chair getting all over my arm, man. So next week is going to be fun. Uh, Can't wait for that. But yes, I'm going to get tattooed live on the air. But until next week, everybody, have a week. We're going to do something special to close out this audio dump session. We are going to close it out with uh, Money's Crazy Moment. We are getting very, very close to the 100th episode. I can't wait for it. Hopefully you guys can't either. So here we go. Money's Crazy Moment from episode 55, Remembering Dan. Here's another Money's Crazy Moment as we count down to the 100th episode of Money's Crazy Mind. This is from episode 55 for Damien. Ah, there we go. All right, now I got you both on the line. All right, so now we've got Debo Crazy and Mr. Sick from Psych Ward both on the line here. Um... Debo, right when, right as you were uh, calling in, I had started telling the story about the first time I met you guys. So perfect time for you to to jump on the on the line here. But what's going on, man? I'm I know this is probably a tough time for you. Yeah, you know, kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, let's just, let's just try to have some laughs and try to remember the good times that we all had with Damien and everything like that. Um. So you know, back into the story here, real quick. Um. So I was at. The first show I remember being at was you. It was uh, I think you guys were opening for Zug Zug Island, 
and um, I was there with uh, Chainsaw. And Damien walked up to me and Chainsaw and said, um, you guys look beefy enough. Come with me. So I, I didn't know you guys from a hole in the wall at that point. And now now I got this dude, you know, coming up to me saying, you know, follow me. And I'm like, uh, what are we what what are we doing? And so he walked us over to the front stage area of Peabody's and said, you guys are going to stand right here and don't move because if you if you drop me, I'm going to brain both of you. And I'm just like, okay, what the hell's going on here? So then, like, five minutes later, you guys come out from backstage with a big, giant um, uh, paper uh, cutout of your logo and set it up right on the front of the stage. And I'm like, he's not going to jump through that. So sure enough, yeah. Lab of a Madman starts playing, and that some bitch comes flying clear off the stage. And he had the distance right because he landed right on top of me and um of me and chainsaw and then we had to crowd surf him back onto the stage so so that he could get up there and sing his verse yeah good thing he did man because if he if he had fell and cracked his skull open man i don't know those those floors of peabody's were hard for some odd reason chris and damien always had the uh stage jump like perfect like for some reason, if I tried to jump from the stage, I always like everybody's like back up. Here comes Daddy. 